Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to another coronavirus episode of Buker Friendless, a subsidiary of Buker and Friends and part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio. And I swear we are going to have an announcement soon on where you can read me on a regular basis as well, but not just yet. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. All right, we have a lot to get to because we are on a couple days away from the NBA draft and free agency has officially opened and we are already seeing some movement and some big deals that uh, this is, as I mentioned on Twitter, this is the secret sauce of the NBA. Some of you may not like what the summer of LeBron wrought as first as far as superstar players and manifest destiny and taking matters into their own hands in terms of where they play and who they play with. But it has made things exciting. So we're going to get into the talk about James Harden and Russell Westbrook, why they, among others, are looking to leave Houston. The Rajon Rondo sweepstakes, his return to being uh, wanted, shall we say, as well as the moves that the... Milwaukee Bucks have made to keep Giannis Antetokounmpo in a Bucks uniform, which I fully expect to happen. Let's hit very quickly the Rondo situation. This is what I'm told. Uh, there is the pending deal that would send Dennis Schroeder from the Oklahoma City Thunder to the Lakers for Danny Green, a player formerly known as Danny Green, and a first-round pick. A tremendous move by the Lakers, in my estimation, Dennis Schroeder is tough, fearless, and can play bigger than his point guard size might suggest. He's a dog, as we like to say in basketball vernacular, and that's a good thing and certainly will add to the Lakers. It's a great pickup, and they're not really giving up a whole lot because Danny, as much as uh, I liked his game, uh, that's past tense, he has fallen off mightily, and I don't know that he's going to get it back. I'm also not sure that he's going to show up in Oklahoma City. 
Um, I don't expect him to retire necessarily, but I could see him being moved on elsewhere. In any case, what happens to Rondo if Dennis Schroeder uh, joins forces with the Lakers? I'm told it's still a possibility that he could go back there, although I would expect it's not a great possibility because Rondo is not going to have the same role and he's going to have the opportunity to go just down the hallway to the Clippers. I hear that they're interested. Would be a great fit with them. The Atlanta Hawks are also interested. Uh, That makes sense. Jeff Teague is a free agent. He was supposed to be the veteran point guard that took some of the pressure off of Trey Young. That didn't quite work out. Rondo would be a much more efficient and less expensive option. Teague making some $28 million last year. And then there's the most intriguing possibility, which is a return to Boston, which I personally would love to see. I don't know if, I don't know where Rondo is on this. I'm sure he's entertaining it. It would be a great fit. What I'm told is as much as Boston appreciates what Kemba Walker has brought to the table, his size, uh, which I thought was going to be exposed when it got to the postseason, indeed was. And so what they do with him moving forward, uncertain, but Rondo would be a nice piece as a off-the-bench playmaker, defender. It's really extraordinary to me. I mean, in, in all these cases, almost every case, except for the Clippers, you're looking at a uh, young teams and you're looking to Rondo for floor leadership and leadership overall. And there was a point uh, a year or so ago where he was considered a little toxic. And I didn't completely understand that knowing the young players and how they appreciated him in Chicago, in New Orleans, in Sacramento. Dallas was the real, only real hiccup. And because Rick Carlisle has such great standing, my guess is that that really muddied the waters for for Rondo, along with just the question of why is he moving around so much? Why is he Sacramento for a guy that is that good and that much of a leader? What's wrong with him? And look, Rajan is an acquired taste, no doubt about it. But I just like the fact that his willingness to be a mentor, his understanding of the game is now being appreciated and was certainly indispensable when it came to the Lakers winning the championship in the bubble. Other thing I want to get to is the NBA draft as well. And we can do that summarily. What I'm hearing right now is to expect that LaMelo Ball will be the number one pick by the Minnesota Timberwolves, largely by default. Anthony Edwards, the freshman from Georgia, was the presumptive number one pick for a good stretch. And look, often times, the closer we get to the draft, I've said this about when I was had to do mock drafts, I would do one right after the NBA lottery. I would do one a week before the draft, and then I would do another one, my 3.0, the night before the draft. And invariably, the one that I did after the NBA draft lottery would be the most accurate one because what happens is there's a lot of talk out there. There's a lot of speculation about moves and trades and guys moving up and down the board and workouts. And 
it's a lot of chatter. It's not always based in reality or it ultimately doesn't move the needle once cooler heads prevail. And so I want to put the Anthony Edwards falling off and LaMelo Ball moving up in that category, except I've heard from too many places that there are questions about Anthony Edwards. The more that they've looked into it, the more they've examined him, the more they question, not just from a talent standpoint, how consistent he is, but a chemistry concern about what being the number one pick would do as far as his expectations of how he's going to be treated. Because there's going to be a number one pick, but not all number one picks are created equal. Not every draft is created equal. And this is one of the other elements that happens with drafts is uh, three months before the draft, you will hear all about the warts of players and, and uh, questions and downgrading the overall talent. And then the closer you get to the draft, it's as if teams talk themselves into falling in love or at least appreciating the players that they're going to acquire. And so everybody suddenly gets upgraded. That hasn't happened with Anthony Edwards. It's gone the other direction. It's happened for LaMelo Ball, I would say, and it's happened for James Wiseman. But it sounds like Edwards has gone the other direction. By the way, just in general. So uh, there's always tiers of talent when it comes to drafts. And this one's been a little harder to determine. But as of right now, there are two tiers at the top. LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, and Anthony Edwards are in the top one. And the next one is another three. Obi Toppin, Denny Avdija, and Tyrese Halliburton. So those should, those should be your top six picks, but there is the belief that there could be some movement within the top picks. Now, you probably heard that those picks are available and we could see trades. I ultimately am not expecting any of those picks to be moved. I know that Minnesota and the Warriors are certainly open to it, but... That's where this draft is. There's so many unknowns. These, the reason that they're willing to move these picks is largely because they are two teams in Minnesota and Golden State that are looking to be competitive next year. And these are unknowns. The possibility that LaMelo Ball or James Wiseman or Anthony Edwards are going to contribute in any significant way to a team gunning for a playoff spot and looking to move deep into the playoffs is not realistic. It's why they're willing to trade one of these picks for a proven veteran of some kind. Flip side is there's nobody out there that's in such financial straits or is so in love with LaMelo Ball or Wiseman or Edwards that they're willing to give up that kind of player. So, I would not at this point, haven't heard definitively, but I would not expect at this point that we're going to see any trades. So that leaves us with free agency as being the most interesting aspect of the next week or so. And I have to say that the Milwaukee Bucks in making a deal for Drew Holiday and Bogdan Bogdanovich 
could not have done better under the circumstances. And we, as we understand, this is all about convincing Giannis Antetokounmpo to stay in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform. I am not of the mind. I've said this before. I've said this in a number of places. From what I know about Giannis, from what I know from the players who've played with him and people who have coached him, he's not in the mindset of, I have to go someplace where I'm going to be joined by other superstars and win a championship. It's not the way that he's built. It's not the way that he thinks. If someone persuades him, look, you need to go win a championship and it's not going to happen in Milwaukee, then perhaps he looks elsewhere. But he's been in Milwaukee a relatively short period of time and Milwaukee has done nothing but attempted to give him everything he needs to win a championship. There's something to be said for being on a team and in a market, in spite of being small, where you've won the MVP, the league MVP, two times in a row, and defensive player of the year. Those are extraordinary accomplishments. And to suggest that, well, Giannis got those things, and that the Milwaukee Bucks or the players around him didn't have anything to do with it, if that's your thinking, then this is not the podcast for you. Because... I'll just be straight up with it. This is a thinking man's podcast. This is not, I fall in love with a player and he's everything. And this is not the place where if only Giannis would have more help, he would be better or he would have gone farther. No, the Milwaukee Bucks will go farther when Giannis Antetokounmpo gets better. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't try to improve the pieces around him. They made a mistake when they let Malcolm Brogdon go, but they found as close of a Malcolm Brogdon replica as they could in Drew Holiday. Actually physically bigger, but personality-wise, perfect. Fearless in trying to create with the game on the line. Uh, Is more of a scorer than a passer, but is capable of it. He's a pro's pro. And... The New Orleans Pelicans are going to miss him, without question. And then adding Bogdanovich, who's a young, tough, again, fearless, hungry, willing to take big shots. Losing a guy like Ursan Ilyasova uh, is a loss. He's a steady hand. He's also fearless. He's also physically tough. But they got a, basically a younger, more athletic version of Ursan. It's a great deal. And whether Giannis and some of this comes down to where we are with the salary cap and what makes the most sense, how much money can Giannis get? It's a little bit like Anthony Davis opting out with the Lakers. He's not doing that to go someplace else. He's doing that just to maximize the money he can make in the short term and the big deal that he can sign as a result in a couple of years. It's not because he's dissatisfied with the Lakers. So Clippers fans or anybody else out there who is hoping that this is an indication that the Lakers are going to come apart, think again. Adding Schroeder, man, they they might be my favorite to, to repeat. And I didn't think I would be saying that with LeBron James at his ripe old age and the general age of the team, Danny Green, 
I know Jared Dudley didn't play that much, but Dwight Howard, go down the line. It is remarkable that they did what they did. And as of right now, I got to see how the rest of the chips fall, but they would be my favorite coming out of the West as of right now. It's hard for me to pick anybody else. Still some things to be resolved when it comes to the Clippers, talent-wise and chemistry-wise. So, but the big, the big story, obviously, is the news that Russell Westbrook and James Harden reports that they went out of Houston. And I guess we could see some of this coming with Daryl Morey leaving. And I'm told that he left. He wasn't fired, but his hands were being tied as far as what he could do. And so he decided to depart. And the Philadelphia 76ers were willing to pick him up. A funny move, I think, in terms of they had Sam Hinkie, who is a Daryl Morey protege, and they let him do his experiment, and then they decided that they were tired of that experiment, and now they've gone and got Daryl Morey, who likes to experiment in the same way. He's not going to do the teardown, but he's constantly in rebuild mode, in a way. Always tinkering, always trying to make moves. We'll, we'll see exactly how well that works and how the analytics approach. I don't, Daryl gets a bad rap in terms of he's not a pure analytics approach guy. He uses it to a great extent, he's incorporated it to a great extent. But a lot of his moves are, he's, he's more of a Barnum and Bailey ringmaster. He draws attention. He keeps interest high. And analytics don't always do that. It's a little too cut and dried, a little too cold. He makes a lot of big, splashy moves. That's what he does. So we'll see what happens in Philadelphia and whether it gets him any closer to a championship. I'm not convinced. He's also coming in with a, a very heavy, big contract-laden team. And I don't know how much flexibility he has going forward. We shall see. That's going to be a challenge to turn that group into a championship team, particularly since Daryl has never demonstrated that he knows how to do that. Nonetheless, Daryl's gone. Mike D'Antoni is gone, replaced by two neophytes, Stephen Silas and... Raphael Stone as the general manager. And when first heard that Westbrook and Harden wanted out and questioned whether the Rockets were still chasing a championship, I understood because as much as we want to blame players for not sticking it out and as much as we might suggest that Harden and Westbrook are as to blame as anyone for their failure uh, to get it done this year, the truth of the matter is great players with great talent want to have great coaches and GMs with great talent. They want proven commodities. They want to believe that they have the requisite pieces and knowledge around them. And it's not as if first-timers can't have amazing success. 
David Griffin went to Cleveland and put it all together in short order. Steve Kerr had never coached before and led the Warriors to championships. So it can happen, which is why I am not convinced, or rather, I believe in something else that I was told that is inspiring the desire of Harden and Westbrook to go elsewhere. And I'm told that they're not alone. Uh, We've already seen Robert Covington traded to the Portland Trailblazers for Trevor Ariza. That was immediately interpreted as a gift to James Harden. He and Trevor being good friends from previous stint with the Rockets. But if Harden is not interested in a $103 million extension, as has been reported, then I don't know that bringing in an old friend is going to change the equation for him either. By the way, not a bad deal for the Blazers, although a little pricey with uh, a couple of first-round picks involved. It gives them a much much younger version of Ariza by five, six years, and with the uncertainty of what Rodney Hood's going to be when he gets back physically. This is the hole that the Blazers have been trying to plug forever, which is to have a small forward who can defend the great small forwards in the Western Conference. And Robert Covington has demonstrated that he can do that and knock down a three. I've had some question his basketball IQ. So we shall see. But this is a case where Neil O'Shea, the GM of the Blazers, has the great benefit of a star in Damian Lillard who is looking to make it happen in Portland. Is not looking to go elsewhere to make it happen. But in order to maintain that and recognize it and honor it, Olshay has to keep trying to put the right pieces around him in order to get it done. And we'll see if Covington is enough. The fact that they didn't have to give up a Zach Collins or a Nurkic, I just I would love to see the Blazers, the entire Blazers team healthy for an entire year. I think they have something. I, there's, there's a window, as small as it may be, there's a window through which I could see Damian Lillard winning a championship. Not becoming a dynasty, but winning one, if all the cards fall right. Much like it did for the Lakers this year. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Back to the Harden-Westbrook situation. What I'm hearing is that it's not so much that they have two never-done-it-befores in the GM and head coach chairs. As much as it is Tillman Fertitta, the owner, and his political alliances. Fertitta has uh, donated extensively to both the current president's re-election efforts 
uh, along with his initial election efforts and many other Republican politicians. Now, I don't know if you guys are aware, but the primary reason that the players considered ending the bubble experiment after the Milwaukee Bucks boycotted a game and the rest of the players and teams followed suit is because of all the things that they'd asked for in order to play in the bubble. It dawned on them about halfway through that they had asked for signs and uh, indications that the league was behind them as far as seeking social justice and racial equality. But what they really wanted was the effort, the collective effort to remove the current president from office or make certain that he was not reelected. And when they looked around, they realized that a lot of the owners might be supporting them, as Fertitta did, as far as kneeling and all of the statements made in the bubble for racial equality and social justice, but that their money was going to fund the re-election efforts of various Republicans uh, in Texas, in the case of Fertitta, and nationally in the case of Trump. And so that's where they were in terms of the boycott and we're going to stop playing unless we know that you guys are going to use your influence, your money, and your power to support our desire to see this president no longer in office after January 20th. Well, Fertitta has been very prominent in still supporting Trump. And yes, he criticized him at one point when he made statements about the NBA. But for the most part, Fertitta is a staunch Republican and a staunch Trump supporter. When you add that to the equation for where the player's mindset was in the bubble, coming out of the bubble, living in Texas, which is still red, but moving ever more blue, I'm told that that was the influence and has other players feeling the same as Harden and Westbrook. And it's an interesting dynamic to add to the equation of politics being such a big factor. We've never, ever seen this before. And while I'm of the mind that Westbrook and Harden have not earned the right for anyone to suggest that they have been disappointed by or haven't been sufficiently supported by the Houston Rockets and their management and their ownership, that they are as responsible for the Rockets' shortcomings as, as anybody else. And I would respect them more if they said, we're going to stick it out here and we're going to figure out a way to make it work. The whole aspect of politics and how divisive they are and how strong the feelings are on both sides of the equation, I can understand. I can. I'm... <laughs> I may not agree with it, but it's not the same as looking at it as a dereliction of duty because they're not manning up and saying, 
no, I'm going to bring a championship here. Let's figure it out. In the way that Damian Lillard is in Portland and the way that I expect Giannis Antetokounmpo will in Milwaukee. Now, when it comes to Harden going to Brooklyn and joining forces with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, Josh Hart, player with the Pelicans, suggested that if that happens, if those three join forces, it's a wrap. I disagree. I'm not convinced that that combination is going to work. Would they be formidable during the regular season? Yes. Would they be better than the Nets have been? Yes. But chemistry matters. The pieces fitting together matters. And I don't know who would be the primary playmaker among those three, Kyrie, James, and KD. I do know that Kyrie and his desire to be seen as a leader and a cornerstone player will certainly take a hit if he's playing alongside both Kevin Durant and James Harden. Kyrie Irving then becomes the third wheel. And I'm not even sure where he fits as far as options at the end of a game. It's very interesting. And then there's the whole, how well are they going to play defense? And with them dominating the ball, can you find the right pieces? Certainly the pieces that they have right now outside of Jared Allen would not be conducive to not touching the ball. The magic of the Nets prior to Kyrie getting there was that they had a group very much like the Golden State Warriors when they started. A bunch of cast-offs, a bunch of overlooked players who bonded together. They used that as, as their bonding. Nobody, Everybody's counting us out. Everybody has dismissed us. We're going to prove otherwise. And that was good enough for them to surprise everyone and be in the playoffs and be a competitive team. They were an easy team to root for. This is a completely different approach. Now you're going top-heavy. Now you're going stars. Now you're going huge expectations right from the start. Josh Hart already has it as a done deal that they're winning a championship. I would imagine most people would put them, if not there, certainly expect them to be in competition with the Bucks and the Miami Heat and all the other teams, you know, the two or three teams in the Eastern Conference as far as going to the conference finals at the very least. It's a lot to ask in bringing these guys together. We don't even know what Kevin Durant is going to look like when he gets back. So I'm not sold at all that that's necessarily going to work, no matter what KD and Harden have discovered in working out together. One last thing about the NBA draft I should have mentioned is if anybody understands the difference between being the number one pick and the number two pick and what happens, uh, the two t- 2017 NBA draft that involved LaMelo's brother Lonzo, who was the number two pick behind Markel Fultz and just ahead of Jason Tatum and ahead of number four pick Josh Jackson to the Phoenix Suns, goes to show what comes along with being the number one pick. You can be the number two pick and be disappointing or the number four pick and basically be out of the league in a couple of years 
and it does not resonate. It does not carry the same weight as Markel Fultz being traded before his rookie deal was out and being viewed as a complete failure. Even though he's gone to Orlando and he's redeemed himself and seemed to have been some extenuating physical issues that contributed to his problems in Philadelphia. But the truth is that being the number one pick comes with a certain amount of weight and responsibility, and you have to be able to handle it. And as I understand it, those are the concerns with Anthony, Anthony Edwards. It's not as if they're all lock solid that LaMelo Ball is going to handle it being a number one pick. Just they're, they're more concerned that Anthony Edwards is going to have a hard time doing exactly that. So we still have a number of things I'm sure are going to happen. Still waiting to see exactly what the Clippers do. I'll be interested to see where Rondo lands. The move by Oklahoma City to send Chris Paul to Phoenix now is going to have an effect on other dominoes in terms of Stephen Adams possibly being moved, Danilo Gallinari signing elsewhere. There's still some interesting pieces in play when it comes to the Thunder and their youth movement now as we see it. But bottom line is, when it comes to Harden and Westbrook, I don't see them going anywhere and changing the equation for any team. I just don't see a situation in which either one of them goes and joins someone somewhere else, and I really don't care where it is, and makes them a championship team. I've seen too much of what they are in the postseason to ultimately believe that. I have far more belief that the Milwaukee Bucks and the additions that they made and hopefully the continued growth of Giannis Antetokounmpo changes their equation. What's more interesting when it comes to the Rockets is simply this, this introduction of this new thing, if true from what I'm hearing. And keep in mind, it makes sense to me so that's why I'm talking about it. Would I report it as fact? Not quite there yet. I'd need to talk to a few more people, but I figure it's interesting fodder for conversation here. Again, because it makes sense and because I'm not making it up out of whole cloth and because I've seen the reaction and I know players have felt strongly about their position when it comes to racial equality and social injustice. And then knowing that the owners, while they might have accommodated them in order to get them to play in the bubble, do they really support them in a significant way? Do they support them with their money and their influence? And I've said it before, but keep in mind, like LeBron James as the most powerful, wealthy player in the league would be... In, if his net worth, in one category, his net worth would put him in the bottom five of owners in the league. If the top end, where supposedly his net worth is around uh, one billion, that would only make him a middle class owner. The wealth and the influence that NBA owners have is far, far greater when it comes to a national or global scale 
than any player, LeBron James included. When the players suddenly realized that their owners, uh, the owners of NBA teams, were saying one thing and doing another in terms of what they supported, that's where the rub came in. And that's what the rub, I believe, exists in Houston. And how that plays out and where the Houston Rockets go and what impact this has on teams and ownership and players going forward is going to be a very human, interesting human experiment to observe. And that's what we will do. That does it for this episode of Buker Friendless, subsidiary of Buker and Friends and part of the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It uh, We don't charge for this, although there is the opportunity for you to contribute if you enjoy this podcast and you want to see me continue to do it. Uh, I do have to cover the expenses of doing it. So anything you want to help when it comes to that, be much appreciated. It's a token of appreciation, along with the ratings. Whatever the ratings may be helps when it comes to sponsors, etc. And any advice you have on how we should do the podcast or guests or improvements, I am open to hearing them. All right, that does it. In the next podcast, we will be past the draft and we will have a good idea of the shape of the NBA going into the season, which is just around the corner and why I would not be surprised if we see uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden deals expedited. As difficult as it may be to move contracts of that size, particularly under the current climate, financial climate, but don't want to start a season with players who don't want to be in your uniform. That's pretty standard fare when it comes to operating in the NBA. But we shall see. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.